Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Tactical Yanks podcast, your podcast for soccer in America and around the world. I'm your co-host, Pete Douthit, and I am joined by my fellow co-host, Filippo Silva, and welcome to the Tactical Yanks podcast. Hopefully you enjoy. We'll be talking about U.S. soccer, European soccer, South American soccer, the World Cup, and much more. All right, guys, welcome back to the Tactical Yanks podcast. Episode 48. We're getting close to that episode 50 number. I am your co-host, Pete Douthit. And of course, with me is Filippo Silva, also co-host of the pod. How you doing, man? Doing great. I can't wait till we hit 100, man. When are we hitting 100? Probably not this year, is it? No, not this year, because we wouldn't hit 50 for two more weeks. And there's only 52 weeks in a year. So probably sometime mid-next year, we'll hit 100. Unless we ramp it up this year, which we keep saying we're going to do it, but we don't. So probably not. (laughs) We should make a deal with the listeners. When the podcast regularly hits a certain number, we'll, we'll ramp it up. Yeah, but no, it's like, been good. Yeah, when we get like a million downloads each episode, I'll do it every day if they want. Uh, every day. <laughs> so, Tack, it's a fun week because it's International Week. That's what we live and die for um, in the American soccer landscape. The national team is playing a very, I would say, a very good roster that Anthony Hudson put uh, put out for these games against El Salvador and Grenada in the Nations League group stage. We're just going to talk about the roster today. Some misses, a lot of hits, a lot of players we're excited to see and maybe project a little bit for the games, what we'd like to see in those games as we go through the roster. Yeah. So, but yeah, what are your initial thoughts when that roster came out? What was it for you? Yeah. Just before I even talk about the roster, for anyone who doesn't know, we play Grenada this Friday, right? You're probably watching this episode early in the week. And then we play El Salvador next Monday. And if we top the group, which we are expected to top the group, we make it to the Nations League semifinals and final that will be played in Las Vegas in, in June, which is going to be awesome. I'm even considering going to that. But my initial reaction from this roster was it's a pretty strong roster, right? Not many weaknesses. You do see a couple names missing. So I'll put it this way. It could be stronger. I do think we're missing some players that add a lot of value to this team. But overall, it's a pretty strong roster. I just want to add one thing, and I don't like to poop on anyone's party, but I think the main reason MLS, we're missing a lot of the MLS guys that we, some of the MLS guys that we don't like, right? That I wouldn't say we don't like, that we don't rate, that probably shouldn't be here. My question is, are they not here because we've moved on from them, or are they not here 
because there's an MLS-based camp in April and MLS has games this weekend. So maybe there's a gentleman's agreement between Major League Soccer franchises and, you know, U.S. soccer just like, hey, don't call them up now because they're going to miss games for us. And they're already going to probably miss a game or two in April for the game against Mexico. So I think that might be one of the reasons why this roster is so strong, in my opinion. Otherwise, we would have seen certain guys that I don't have to go through their names right now. But overall, let's not be a let's not poop on anyone's party. This roster is very strong and I'm looking forward to both games. Obviously, Grenada will be scrappy, but El Salvador we have all the tools to play a very good match here in Orlando. Yeah, for sure. And I think you're right. I think it 100% is that. that the um, You know, it's funny. I was on the press conference on Zoom with Anthony Hudson, and he said something that kind of annoyed me a little bit. He was, like, talking about Austin Trusty, and he was like, well, you know, it's also important that the European guys know that we're watching them and we're not just focusing on the MLS players. <laughs> and I was like, hang on. That shouldn't even be a thing. Like, that." The fact that you had to bring that up makes me like a little annoyed because it should be, if anything, the other way around. We we want some of the high-end MLS guys to know we're also keeping an eye on them and it's not just the 30, 40 guys we have playing in Europe, which is how it should be, right? All of our top talent, the vast majority of our talent plays in Europe. Yeah, it, it should be the way you said it. It's like, hey, if you're in Europe, we're watching as much as we can or pretty much every single second that you play. But if you're playing MLS and you're doing very well, we're also also following through. So just keep working. But I guess it's the other way around. But why don't we talk about the roster, right? We go through the yeah. names. There's obviously some updates in regards to like Tim Weah. He's He made the roster, but he's cut. We'll talk about that yeah. when we get to the forwards. We'll start the goalkeeper. So last week we did a prediction. This week we're doing the actual roster. I think we got most of the prediction right, except for the part where we didn't really expect the MLS guys not to be there, but the goalkeepers, Ethan Horvath from Luton Town, Zach Steffen from Middlesbrough, and Matt Turner from Arsenal. I, I I mean, I expected Sean Johnson to be there, but this whole MLS thing of having the game in April probably makes sense that he's not there. So with Sean Johnson not available, this is exactly what was expected. Yeah, these are the three guys performing the best in Europe. To be honest, the only guys really performing in Europe. There's Gaga Slonina over in Chelsea's Academy. And if you want to get really anal, there's, you know, Chituro Odunze over in uh, Leicester's Academy and Diego Cochin in Barcelona's Academy. But as far as guys playing at the pro level, it's these three. Um, yeah. And they would probably mention also Josh Cohen playing for Maccabi Haifa in Israel. True. But, Technically, but, he played in the Champions League last year. Or yeah. last, no, this year. This season. Last, this season, last year. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder I, if you'll ever get a look. But, but I, I mean, I'm fine with this. You mentioned Gabriel Sonina. He's with the U.S. Youth National Team U20. So, yes. understandable. He should go to the U20 World Cup. He's our best U20 goalkeeper. And we really don't need him on the senior level. In my opinion right now, the three names that are right there, they are better than Gabriel Sonina in this moment regardless. So, we don't need him there. He should be with the U20s and continue to develop. Uh, yeah, but- well, plus he would just come to this camp and train and then sit on the bench, if that, right? Whereas mm-hmm. with the U20s, he'll actually play two games. Uh, which I is mean, what he needs. He needs minutes. I mean, he would probably go to Disney too. <laughs> Tack can show him around Disney. In order yeah, to- I mean, we got Orlando here. The weather's beautiful, dude. It, it's sunny and 70 degrees. It's wonderful here right now. We got Disney. We got Universal. He would have a good time here. But again, that's that's um, that's not what they're here for, the players. But I, I feel like I'm going to run into them on Disney at, at Disney at some point. But Pete... Let's skip the goalkeepers. It's not really interesting there. I think we can go to what's actually interesting. And 
the defenders, the the fullbacks and the center backs, because that section might take us a while to go through because yeah. there are players even missing that we should address that should possibly be there. So defenders. We have Serginho Dest, the right back from for AC Milan for now. He's going to definitely leave them. Mark McKenzie from Gank in Belgium, the center back. Tim Ream from Fulham, center back. Brian Reynolds, the right back from Westerlo in Belgium. Jedi Robinson from Fulham, the left back from Fulham that plays with Tim Ream. Miles Robinson, the only MLS player to make the roster, coming back from an Achilles injury, playing for Atlanta United. Joe Scali from Borussia Mönchengladbach. And then Austin Trusty that you sort of already mentioned from Birmingham City. Uh, can play as a center back, can play as a left back, probably seen as a center back for this camp. Uh, he also yeah. makes the roster. Pete, so you asked me first. Now I'm going to ask you. First reaction there for the defenders, because there's a few names missing. Honestly, when I first glanced at the roster, I don't know why I just assumed this, but I thought Chris Richards and CCV were on it. And I, and I looked around at the names and I was like, oh, this is a great, you know, a great defensive roster. And then I looked at it again. I was like, wait, wait a minute. Where's Chris Richards and Cameron Carter Vickers? They're not here. And I think that's probably the most baffling part of this roster. Those two, Chris, for several reasons. Number one, they're two of our three best defenders along with team, Tim Ream. Chris Richards did not go to the World Cup. He, you know, is playing sporadic minutes for Palace, usually when Anderson or Gehi are injured. Sometimes comes off the bench for a few minutes, but he needs minutes more than anybody. And if we talk about the future, you know, Chris Richards and Cameron Carter Vickers are our two best future level defenders, right? These are guys that you want them to get minutes together. I don't think they've ever played a single minute together for the senior team. So you kind of want to see them together at some point. And I thought this would have been the perfect camp to bring them in. And that was disappointing. But the fact that, you know, Brian Reynolds, Joe Scally, and Serginho Dest, that's the perfect right back roster, in my opinion, right there. Left backs, Anthony, we didn't bring a left uh, a left back backup but anthony hudson said in the um press conference that he sees joe scally there who can because mm -hmm. he can also play left back um i don't i don't hate the fullbacks like the fullbacks are great I, i'm totally fine with that i maybe would have brought one other like left-footed left back but you know I'm, it's not the end of the world um center backs is the big question right mckenzie gets another chance i'm happy to see that i don't even mind austin trusty as a left-footed center back getting a look in this camp you know, Miles Robinson is here and was interesting to hear Anthony Hudson's explanation of that. He said, Miles Robinson has just come back from a long injury. He hasn't been with the team since that Canada camp where we lost 2-0. That was kind of his last camp he was in. And he they don't want him playing more than one game a week. And he specifically mentioned the April camp where he said, they're you know, the MLS games are going to have two in those two weeks sandwiching the 19th, the game against Mexico. So he sort of indicated that Miles Robinson wouldn't be in that roster, the MLS roster for the Mexico game, which, I mean, I'm fine with. I don't really hate Miles Robinson getting a look. I think there was room to bring, you could bring Miles Robinson into camp and have a look at him and get him with the boys again, but I still think you could have brought Richards and, and Cameron Carter-Vickers. Well, you could have just brought him in April. Uh, that, that doesn't make sense because April, you can't bring the European guys. They're not, they're not right. coming. Right. And and like you said, I think one thing we must address here is a little bit. Let's address Tim Ream for a second, because he's our best center back right now in terms of performance. Right. I don't think anyone will question that. But Tim Ream turns 36 very soon. So when we're projecting yeah. into the 2026 World Cup, I wouldn't count on him being available 
or being playing at a high level until then. I don't even know what level Tim Ream will be playing a year from now or two years from now. Uh, could he surprise us all like he did last year? Sure, that can happen. But you got to go with what's more probable. And the two center backs right now, if we project it into the future, into the 2026 World Cup, this can change. But it would probably be Carter Vickers and and Chris Richards. And yeah. we just left both of them out, right? Uh, and it's not just about getting minutes in the game like you talked about. It's about them training together, building chemistry, getting to know each other, how each how each other plays, um, weaknesses, strengths. And they're not going to get that. Now, they could go on and say that Chris Richards is injured or, or dealing with an injury and that he needs that time to get minutes of his club. Sure, I don't agree with that, but maybe there was some talks. But from what we heard from Carter Vickers, there is no injury with Carter Vickers. No. That is BS. No. He doesn't need to earn his starting job with Celtic. He's their best defender. He's the best defender in Scotland. It was literally just a coaching coach's decision. So it doesn't really add up. Some players that didn't make it, like Chris Richards, I could understand if Anthony Hudson came on and said he just came back from a back injury. He needs to stay healthy. He needs to try to get minutes for his club. Sure, not the right, not the best excuse, but somewhat of an excuse. Carter Vickers, I don't know, man. Um, I, I just don't get it because he won't be in April. And then we go to the Nations League semifinals and final and yeah. this guy hasn't played with us since the world cup sort of played in the world cup right played one game which was actually our best defensive game in the world cup yeah uh, when he when carter vickers and tim ream so i do think those are the two misses i agree with you in regards to the fullbacks i think this is more or less the best setup of fullbacks that we would have today because the only thing that would be better would be to have a left-footed backup to a rob but yeah when you look at the names, um, Caleb Wiley has been rising. I don't think he's ready for that. Uh, no. John Token hasn't really convinced me. He's an option. Dehuan Jones is a right-footed player that can play left back and play right back. Good option, but this is probably the best setup of fullbacks, best set of fullbacks that we could bring. And congratulations to to Anthony Hudson. My only question is, if the MLS guys were available, I am ninety percent sure that we would have seen DeAndre Yedlin there. I think we would. Yeah, and possibly even Shaq Moore. No, that, that's too far. That's too far. I mean, again, we don't know, right? We'll, we'll find out in Nations League semi. I think that's when we'll really find out. Nations League semifinals and final. Who he brings, because that'll be tough games, probably. Mexico, Canada, whoever. And must-win games. So he'll probably bring the strongest roster. If he brings, you know, I mean, I guess he could bring four right-backs, technically. Berhalter did it in the, in the World Cup, right? He yeah. brought Scali, Dest. Moore and Yedlin. So four right backs. I don't think that's necessary, but it's possible that Anthony Hudson could do that. I guess we'll have to wait and see. What's even um, what's even crazier that he brought four right backs. And out of those right backs, if you exclude Dest, if I'm not mistaken, the second right back that got the most minutes was Shaq Moore. Yeah. And the one <laughs> that got the least was Joe Scally. The only right back we have consistently playing week in, week out in a top five league. Zero mm -hmm. minutes at the World Cup. Very frustrating. Very yeah. Frustrating. So let me ask you one thing. You mentioned um, the semifinals of Nations League. It's going to be in Vegas. Is there any chance you would go? Um, TBD. You know, depends what's going on in my life about that time. Um, we'd have to figure out if we both end up going, what we would do with the camp coverage, because those are big coverage games that I think people want us to cover. So we might have to figure out how to do that. But it's a possibility. I'll leave the door open for sure. Yeah, something to do. Vegas is a great place. Allegiant Stadium is a beautiful stadium, too. And, I mean, 
also the US will probably play away if we face Mexico. I think that's probably yeah. that's very yeah. likely that we'll be playing away. So it'll be a fun environment. But before we continue, because we're going to talk about the midfielders and then the forwards, a quick word from our sponsor, DraftKings. And thank you very much, DraftKings, for sponsoring the podcast. Ready for the underdogs, the upsets, and the unbelievable action from DraftKings Sportsbook. The biggest tournament in college basketball is here. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on college hoops and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code TBPN. That is TBPN. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Win or lose. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code TBPN. And in the process, you'll be helping the channel. Or actually, not the channel. Sorry, guys. The podcast. All right, Pete. Um, back here to the podcast. Which, by the way, thank you again, DraftKings. And anyone listening, if you can, drop a review and share the podcast with anyone that enjoys U.S. soccer. All right. But, Pete, midfielders. Want me to go through the names real quick? Yeah, go for it. So, for midfielders, they listed Brendan Aronson from Leeds United as a midfielder, even though we've mainly seen him play as a winger for the United States. But he does play more as a pressing 10 for Leeds. You got also Johnny Cardoso that will probably play as a six for the United States. He plays for Internacional in Brazil. Luca De La Torre from Celta de Vigo in La Liga. That's been a locked-in starter for them, um, I guess, ever since the World Cup ended, right? Ever since he returned. Uh, Weston McKinney from Leeds. You all know him, obviously. Yunus Musa from Valencia. And then the big surprise here that I really didn't expect to see in this roster Alan Sonora from Juarez in Liga Emekis, right? The Argentine-American. He'll be cap-tied by us. He didn't really impress me in the January camp. He's been coming off the bench for Juarez. That ain't that great in Liga Emekis. And that's one of the positions that, for example, a player that we'll talk about very soon because he's replacing Weya, like Mihailovic, would have made more sense, right, if we had Mihailovic instead of Alan Sonora. Or maybe even Tillman, that I guess they're saying he's injured, but he's back. There, there's a case to be made about like match sharpness and full fitness. Alan Sonora to me was the only part that I was outside of the thing we already talked about of like Noah Costa, Noah the MLS guys rolled on. When I saw Alan Sonora's name, I was like, well, I didn't really expect that. No. What were your thoughts? Well, he didn't have a very good January camp. Um, he's now playing in Liga Mekis. He's not young, so there's not like you can't look at him and say there's a ton of potential there. He's 25, almost 26 now, I think. Um, yeah, it's just a baffling one. I think Mihailovic deserved it a lot more than he did. In the end, Mihailovic was included over Tim Weah, um, which possibly speaks to some other possibilities uh, of guys playing either in wide or central areas. It, I'm not mad about it, but it probably means Alan Senora won't be in that April camp. Um which is something to take note of if he's in this one. But you never know. It's possible he could still be included. It's this is a very good midfield. If you know, now that you add Georgi Mihailovic, I really like that Johnny Cordoso was brought in um, with no you know, no Tyler Adams, no Kellen Acosta. He now has a massive opportunity to play at the six and to demonstrate that he can play at the six for the USMNT because in the past he's come in and However impressive or not impressive he's been for his club, he hasn't really, you know, stood out for us. So it's not a big opportunity for him. You know, one of the big needs for us between now and 2026 is to find a better backup to Tyler Adams than Kellen Acosta. And it starts here today. Cardoso's probably one of the front runners for that role, but he has to demonstrate that on the field. Um, 
could we potentially in this camp, I know that Hudson likes the four, three, three, you know, because it's a Burhalter formation and it's, you know, what he knows could we potentially see a double pivot in this camp? Maybe, you know, McKinney, Musa, Musa de la Torre, Musa, Johnny, de la Torre, Johnny, McKinney, de la Torre, McKinney, Johnny, like, or do you think this is going to be a strict four, three, three with a single six and then two eights? Well, if I had a bet, I would just say Burhalter ball, right? That's what he's going right. to go. Uh, but, but I mean, you have a lot of players here that could play very well in a double pivot, right? Weston McKinney's playing in a double pivot for Leeds. Johnny Cardoso plays a lot in a double pivot for Internacional. Luca De La Torre is capable of playing in a double pivot. Eunice Musa can do the same. I would want to see that. I also want to see us have some tactical flexibility instead of always playing the same 4-3-3 positional play. Greg Burhalter ball, get some crosses in. Very pragmatic. I would like to see a more dynamic team, but... I would not expect that or count on that until we sign a different coach. Until then, it's going to be very Burhalter-like. And and as much as we dislike it or hate it, I'm not going to be overly critical about it right now because I'm not expecting Burhalter to come back and, de- and definitely not having Anthony Hudson stay. But I'm expecting to see Burhalter ball this camp, yeah. at least. Which means we'll likely see Johnny Cardoso at the six, unless Hudson surprises us. Uh, and tries Musa or De La Torre or any one of these guys there in that yeah. position. I think the thing with Johnny to say is he's been very unimpressive for the United States every time he played. There's no way to sugarcoat that. He hasn't been good every time he yeah. played. But he has, what, like 130 minutes, right? That's about a game and a half. That's not a lot. He's been very good for Internacional. He's been very good, and he's linked, and he's probably going to get a move this summer to La Liga or to the Serie A. He's highly rated among the European clubs. The, the thing with Johnny is I think the United States should persist on him a little bit. We persisted on Acosta long enough until he finally had two good games. And then he just locked in that backup six forever because of two or three good games. Calvin Acosta. That's it. Because yeah. we persisted on him for so long. Johnny's a better player, right? But he has to prove that. It doesn't matter what I say. doesn't matter what anyone says. He has to prove it. And he gets he has a big chance right here. Hopefully he performs well here, and then we need to give him another chance during the summer. Give him a good run and see how he does. Obviously, if he continues to have underwhelming performances, I'm not going to be defending him here, but he has to prove it on the field. Nevertheless, you got to persist on players. And I don't want to talk about just finding a backup for Tyler Adams. What I hope we find is a player that actually puts some pressure on Tyler Adams. Yeah. Right? That that yeah. almost like, sure, Tyler, you're the better player here, but if you dip – because right now this is the situation – if Tyler Adams' form dips, it doesn't even matter. He is the starter. It doesn't matter. It has to be a player that, look, Tyler, if your form dips, this guy might start over you. Right now, we don't have that. Tyler Adams could be in the worst form of his career. You still start him for us. There's no other yeah. option. That's what I want to see. It's not just a backup, but Kellen Acosta's gap to Tyler Adams is so big that Tyler could be playing like crap and you still would start him, right? Yeah. Uh, we don't have that yet, and I don't think Johnny will be that right now. I don't think Acosta is, so we're going to have to see. But that's probably one of the goals. You want to have players in different positions where almost no one is comfortable, right, as yeah. a locked-in starter. Obviously, you're going to have some guys like Pulisic and hopefully Reina at some point. So, again, it's not just about finding a backup for Tyler Adams. It's also about finding a player that can put some pressure on him to try to fight for that starting job, which we don't have that right now. But, Pete, any more thoughts on the midfield any players missing that you want to talk about no i think the fact that mihailovic is in this roster now for wea um will mean possibly brendan aronson maybe playing wide 
but there's a lot of wide players here already. Gio Reyna, Pulisic, uh, Weya, and Zendejas were the wide players. Real quick about Zendejas, I'm glad he committed to us. You know, we haven't always won Mexican-American dual nationals. Pepe was the big one. I'm glad we won Zendejas. You know, the other ones like Ochoa, Araujo, um, you know, guys like that. Would have liked to have them, of course, but also not major losses, at least from our strength perspective and also where they're at in their careers. You know, one of them isn't even playing in Liga Mekis, you know, she's on the bench or in the academy. That's David Ochoa. And the other one is going to be in Barcelona's B team, it looks like. So, you know, not major losses. And Dejas gives us more depth in wide areas. And for me, at, at the very least, you can say about him is he's an upgrade on Ariola and Morris. He's not a... Uh, he's not a starter for us, in my opinion. Not for the first team, maybe in Gold Cup, sure. But he's also uh, just adds good depth, and we need more technical players in depth. So I'm glad he's you know committed to us, and we brought him into this camp. And he keeps Pulisic happy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a whole different topic. Yeah, you don't want Pulisic going out with more interviews to send some messages here and there because I want to keep things the way they are. I want to. I want my BFFs. But anyhow, uh, Zendejas also can play central, right? If you need a 10 or even an 8, he can play those positions if needed. So, for example, like you said, the Gold Cup, uh, if you need Zendejas to play at the 8, that's another option too. But let's move on to the forwards then since you already mentioned Zendejas. He is one of the forwards. Obviously, he's going to be one of the wingers. He's a lefty winger also that tactically that can help us because we don't have many lefty wingers but the forwards you have taylor booth getting called in uh he plays for utrecht in the eredivisie and he's been absolutely fantastic for at least six months of the season and he deserved this opportunity we'll see how he looks i thought every time i watch him he always looks dangerous always looks dangerous yeah. very intriguing player took the challenge of leaving Bayern because he didn't see himself growing there, went to the Netherlands and has been fantastic and probably going to move this summer. So he is one of those players that will raise our floor for sure in the right now and in the future and possibly raise our ceiling. If players don't watch out for, if Reyna starts to play central, players like Aronson or Weah could get benched for a player like Taylor Booth if he's in good form. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Daryl DK coming back to the U.S. men's national team from West Brom, the center forward. Ricardo Pepe is also back from Groningen in the Eredivisie. Uh, Christian Pulisic from Chelsea, he's here. Giovanni Reina from Borussia Dortmund, that's a big positive that he made this roster. Tim Weah from Lille, that he was in the original roster, but he's now out. He got a concussion. And as Pete already said earlier in the podcast, Mihailovic replaces Tim Weah. And then last but not least, Alejandro Zendejas from Club America. Pete? First thoughts on the forwards. Love it. Love it. I mean, the, the big miss for me here is Josh Sargent. He did just come back from an injury, played 45 minutes before the roster was announced. But I think this was more a nod to we want to get a look at DK again. He has, you know, had a long-term injury. So they're bringing him in. And then Pepe didn't go to the World Cup. I, I mean, I probably would have still brought Josh Sargent just as another player. But I understand the reasoning of he just came back from injury. Let him stay with Norwich and try to you know, do well there. Um, but I'm fine with DK getting a chance. And I think Pepe should start at least one of these games, maybe the one at home to El Salvador. Cause I do think Pepe is still very much the future of our nine position, barring a shock one time switch from Fuller and Balogun, but it's between Pepe and Sargent to start and DK offers you something different. So I'm totally fine with that. I love that Gio Reyna's here. Anthony Hudson spoke to him, said he's very focused on his football, on his soccer, wants to help the team wants to be a contributor. And as far as Anthony Hudson is concerned, maybe not Christian Pulisic, but as far as Anthony Hudson is concerned, 
after he apologized to the group at the World Cup for pouting a bit in training. They said it was a very positive response from him and they had no more issues. And, and Greg Berhalter, to his credit, said the same thing. So I think if that's the message that's coming out of camp, then that's the, what we should think too, right? Now just judge Gio what he does on the pitch. You know, how does he perform? That's up to Gio, right? Same with Johnny. Yeah, I think that's mainly what I didn't like about Christian Pulisic's interview. It sort of seemed like Anthony Hudson was like, hey, we moved on from that. Gio's back. Everyone's here. Uh, we talked about it. And then Pulisic's interview just brought that back out of nowhere for no reason. Uh, yeah. I don't I don't think that was necessary, the timing. And, and, and again, it wasn't like Pulisic was leaving a Chelsea match and a reporter randomly asked him, and out of the blue, he had to respond. Uh, yeah. It was an interview that was probably pre-planned. The questions were probably pre-approved, and his answers were probably verified by himself, his dad, whatever person that's in charge of his career. Uh, and again, we talked about this too. Uh, the whole... And I don't want to stay with this too much. The whole Reyna saga, once again, Reyna being angry that he wasn't getting minutes, that's not childish, right? That is not childish. And Christian Pulisic himself has been angry from not getting minutes of Chelsea. And his dad had childish attitudes, right? Of liking tweets, criticizing Havertz, Tuchel, uh, even tweeting out stuff. His dad had childish attitudes. I don't think what the Reynas did was childish. I even said it once. It kind of it was a bit worse than childish what they did. Um, Claudio yeah, and Danielle. Yeah. I wouldn't call it childish. I thought it was far worse than childish. So that that's just my. Th- I just thought it was unnecessary Pulisic to do so. He was clearly trying to get a message out. I- I'm okay with him if he if he wants Burhalter to stay. Put out a message. That's fine. It's just bringing back the whole Reina thing that I that I thought like. Pulisic didn't have to do that because I do think him and Gio Reyna, they don't have to love each other. They don't have to hold hands. They don't have to hug each other, but they have to respect each other and they have to enjoy playing with each other for the sake of this team. And 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 hopefully they do, right? Hopefully this camp puts all of that to rest. If they get along this camp and then the United States sign, signs a new manager outside of Greg Berhalter, I think we've finally put it all to rest and we can move on from this. But overall, I agree with you. I like the names that are here. Um, Tillman is another one that could have been here, but I guess like he's coming back from injury. Sargent's another name. Uh, Haji Wright was coming back from injury and P Fox benched at Union Berlin. Brendan Vasquez is probably going to be in the MLS camp. No Jesus. That's a good thing. And, and again, every time we say no Jesus, this is not an attack on Christianity. We just don't want Jesus on the national team. <laughs> or an attack on Jesus himself. Yeah. Know, yeah. Like- that too. It's just like we don't think he's national team material, and I think that's been pretty evident over the course of his national team career. So I do think he'll be there in Mexico, which will be a lot tougher test, you know, than um, Grenada and El Salvador for sure. But he will definitely keep getting chances. There's there's no doubt about that in my mind. Um, you know, Jesus Ferrer has three goals in four games this year, guys. The way I see it is, nothing has changed. Like we know Jesus Ferreira can get goals in the regular season in MLS like that. We we're aware of, we saw that last year. It doesn't really seem to impact how he plays for the national team. And I think that's how most people judge Jesus the same way that Pepe was scoring goals for Dallas and was scoring goals for the national team in you know, big pressure games. And people had no problem with Pepe being on the team. I think the reason why people don't want Jesus there is his national team performances have been extremely below par both at the World Cup and in World Cup qualifying. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's I'm, I'm glad he's not here, but it doesn't mean he's out. I'm sure they're going to bring him back, and, and then he'll have to try and perform better than he's been because I just haven't seen it from Jesus Ferreira by any means. 
Oh yeah, we're gonna see him against Mexico in April, and he's definitely gonna be in one of the the summer tournaments, either the Gold Cup or Nations League, or maybe both. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, yeah, I doubt. I doubt he'll go to both. Just I because. Think, I think Gold Cup. I think what's gonna happen is Nations League will be very European heavy, and then Gold Cup will be very MLS heavy for the most part. Yeah. But Pete, uh, that's it for this roster. We play Grenada Friday night, and then we play El Salvador on Monday here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, any final thoughts? And I guess we're going to do the regular coverage on the YouTube channels. And then next week, instead of releasing an episode on Tuesday, because we play Monday night, we'll record an episode on Tuesday and we'll release like a camp recap on Wednesday morning for the podcast. But we'll do the regular camp coverages on both channels, the live watch-alongs, the post-games at Tactical Ninja TV and 11 Yanks. Pete, any final thoughts before we close it here? Uh, No, no, that's it. Uh, I'm looking forward to these games. I'm I'm looking forward to our our national team playing soccer again. The first time our A-team has played since the World Cup. So lots to watch, lots to get excited about. Top three or four players I'm really, you know, going to be watching. Johnny Cardoso, Taylor Booth, Giovanni Reyna, and Ricardo Pepe. Those are the guys I'm really interested in seeing. So And Anthony Hudson. <laughs> and Anthony Hudson. <laughs> All right, guys. As Tax said, if you can, give us a rating and review. If you're on um, Spotify, it's just a rating, but it really helps other people to find the podcast. We really appreciate it. Thanks again, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.